receiving Musser. And I think, I don't know what you learned about Musser, but Musser is often um, a very unpleasant experience for people. And Mishlei, it talks so positively about Musser, like, you know, be open to it, take it like, you know, hold on to it because it's your life, you know. And, and, and I don't know what you learned about it, but it's, if we have an understanding of like what we're trying to do in life and what gives us worth and what gives us value and what doesn't affect our worth and our value, we can start to be open to receiving Musser um, when, um, and, and understanding that it's, it's to our benefit. But I don't know how Mr. Schwab taught it, but I think it's very important to understand that when someone gives Musser, they need to be thinking about giving a kind of Musser that will be receivable. So yes, Mishle is talking to the recipient of the Musser and saying, um, oh, be open to it, treasure it. But Mishle at the same time is speaking to the giver and saying, give the kind of Musser that someone would be able and ready and open to receiving. So, okay, this is really not in Eshia's Chayal, but since we're going to learn this Pasuk, what do I mean? What is a way that one could give Tochacha that could be receivable? Kayla? In private. Are they telling them that they have potential to do to be better? Showing respect for the person. What else? What else? Think about when you've received this kind or that kind, and how would you like it to be given? Yeah. When they're saying it because they actually care about you, not just saying it to point out like you're negative. So don't even say it if you don't care about the person, right? So it should come from actual caring. It should be done in a... Re- private way. It should be done respectfully. It should be done with your perspective in mind, not the giver's perspective in mind, right? If someone's trying to tell you, you should be more like me, you might think like, why should I be more like you? But if the person is saying, I see you, and this is what I see for you, you might be able to receive it. So those are just some things to think about when we're, if we have to give someone a word of advice or a word of whatever you want to call it. And and then as the receiver, we want to be open to receiving. So, okay. So let's learn Mishle Perak Tes Pasuk Ches, and it says, Al tochach leitz, penis neeka, hochach lechacham v'yeehaveka. You learned about a leitz and a chacham this year in Mishle, I'm sure. Don't give tochacha to a leitz because he's pen, less. He's going to hate you for it. Do give muster to a wise person, v'yeehaveka, and he won't just take the muster, but he'll love you. He'll love you. He'll be grateful that you gave it to him. So why do I want to learn this, this uh, Pasuk before learning Geisha's Chayel? Because the Medrash collected in Yakut Shimoni. So Yakut Shimoni is a Yakut, like a collection of Midrashim. And it reports a story of what happened. Shlomo HaMelech married many wives, as you know. Um, for strategic reasons, he wanted to um, make many alliances for Klalistrel. And he, some of the wives that he married were not good women. They were not suited to be married to Shlomo HaMelech. So you're not lost. All I did was Perak Tes Pasuk and now I'm giving you the background to Eishas Chayel, and we'll see why we learned Perak Tes Pasuk So now we're not inside the Mishle, so... Never fear. I see some looking around, so I don't want you to feel that you're lost. I'm telling you a measure. So he married some women that were not, they, I don't, they were not good women. They were not the type of person that's really fitting for Shlomo Hamad. And one such wife was Bas Paro, the king at that time in Mitzrayim, Paro. His daughter married Shlomo. The night 
before the uh, Hanukkah's Habayis of the great accomplishment of Shlomo Amalek's life. He he accomplished building the Beit Hamikdash. You might have learned that in the introduction to, to, to Mishlei. And he, um, when he married um, Basparo, it was actually the night before this grand opening of the Beit Hamikdash. And she had different intentions in mind than he did in life. She had different goals in mind, and she actually wanted to distract him from being a good king for Klal Yisrael. So she made sure that he stayed up very late into the night. And I don't know if you noticed this, but when you stay up late at night, it's hard to wake up in the morning. Some people deny the connection, <laughs> but I have noticed that. So she knew that too. So she kept him up at night and she um, played music, um, you know, extra, like long after their wedding after the you know the wedding ceremony was over, she kept him up. She played music, and she did something really, really wicked. She hung a cloth over his bed that was black with like stars, like glitter, so that when he would open his eyes, I guess maybe they had skylights, he would say, "Oh, it's still the night," and he would go back to sleep in the morning. So she really, really wanted him to. She was like a Yetzirah embodied. She wanted him to to miss this wonderful, amazing morning that Claudius was going to be celebrating. And it was time to, the sun rose, it was time to bring the carbon tamid. And Shlomo Hamel was tired. He was sleeping and he didn't know that it was morning. And he had the key to the mikdash. You've heard this type of thing in the Torah before. Under his pillow. You had that with Dama Benesina, right? His father. So he had the key to the mikdash under his pillow. So Klal Yisrael was waiting and he was sleeping. And who was his mother? Bathsheba. Bathsheba, right? Bathsheba. So there's there's Basparo in this story and Bathsheba. No, I'm going to connect you to another Pasuk in Mishlei that you probably learned. Chachmos nashim bansa beisa ve'ivelas biadeha tarasenu. So who's the ve'ivelas biadeha tarasenu here? Basparo. Now we're going to have Basheva, Shlomo's mother, and she's going to come to him. Please turn to Paraklamid Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, to see what Basheva said to the king of Israel, the greatest king we ever had. Let's see what his mother says to him. We're not learning this inside. I just want you to see the context. Divrei Nemuel, Melech Masa Asher Yisartu Imo. What's Yisartu? Gave him Musr. Don't worry. You don't need to write down the translations. I'm just... Yeah. So his mother, these, these are the words of Lemuel's and a, a name of Shmuel, of Shlomo. These are the words. This is what his mother said to him. Ma bari, ma bar bitnim, uma bar nidarai. Al titain la nashim chelecha, udrachecha limchos melachim. Al lamlachim Lemuel, al lamlachim shesho yayin, viloroznim e shechar. So can you just, even if you don't get every word, what kind of talk did she give her son? Ma, what's with you, my son? Ma bar bitnim, what's with you? What kinds of things that she say to him. If you if you just like can pick up one word or two words. Don't give to the woman. I don't know what. Your chayel, your power. Don't give over your power to women. And don't let yourself be taken over by wine. What's with you? What's going on? You're gonna you're gonna drink and you're gonna forget everything. She 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 gave him harsh words. She did. And I would say that the, the exact type of words she gave would not be something that we would recommend today because people are different but the fact that she spoke to him and told him you you went off you got off track you you did a wrong thing the way you just allowed this to happen to you is wrong so again i'm going to repeat this because it's so important the type of words she used would not be recommended today because people today are more 
feeling and more sensitive and it would harm. And we never want to do harm when we're trying to help. Right. So today that would not be the kind of language, but the fact that she told him what he needed to hear and it was right for him. Um, so that's what we could learn from. So anyway, so Bathsheba comes to Shlomo and she tells him these 10 psukim, uh, nine psukim, Aleph through Tess, Paraklamid, Aleph, Pasuk, Aleph through Tess, is Musr of Bathsheba to her son Shlomo. That's what that is. Pasuk Yur, Eishas Chayel Mi Yimtza, Irachok, Mepini Mechra, and on for the next psukim. What, whose words do you think is Pasuk Yud and on? Shlomo's. What is he saying it in response to? His mother's Musr. Why did I show you the Pasuk in Perak Tess, Pasuk Ches? Yes, yeah, yeah. He walked the talk. He did what he said. He's a Chacham. He is the Chacham Mikol Adam we see in Malachim Aleph. He's the ultimate Chacham. And what does he do? He says, thank you so much. I cannot praise you enough for what you just did. And he praises her in the, all the letters of the Aleph base. So explanation number one, what is Eishas Chayel? It is a praise of Shlomo to his mother in response to her words of direction. I'll repeat that. Number one, what is Eishas Chayel? It's a song of praise of Shlomo to his mother in response to her words of direction to him. And we see him being the Chacham who says, I love you. Thank you. How can I praise you enough? I'll praise you Aleph through Tuff. Because Aleph through Tuff means like complete, right? Thoroughly. Like even in English, you'll say A to Z, which means beginning to end, everything in between. So he praises her Aleph to Tuff to say, wow, I love you. Thank you for those words. You really helped me. So we see Shlomo HaMelech being a true Chacham who loves to receive direction. So we learned a lesson about loving to receive direction. We mentioned previous to that, prior to that, how to give direction that the person will be able to love it. And then we saw the story of how Shlomo HaMelech went wrong and how his mother took matters into her hands and she came to him, although he was the king of Yisrael and an adult and capable of making his own decisions, he appreciated that she had cared enough to tell him, Re- readjust your course, You're getting, you got off track. So I just wanted to point out again that this is like the Pasuk we saw about women. A woman can use her power to destroy and a woman can use her power to build. And that's Basparo used her power to destroy. She intentionally tried to derail Shlomo and Basheva used her power to build. Again, what she did might not look like building to us, but you see the outcome. So it was building. So we have a Chachmosnashim that can build and an Ivelas that can destroy. All people can build and destroy because all people have the Talamalukim in them. All people have the capacity to build and create and all people have the capacity to destroy and, and demolish because we are all godly. But a woman has a certain power inside her house, which hopefully we're going to get to. A woman has a certain power in her house that really is like doubled. Her power is doubled in her own home. Um, Women have interpersonal power in general. So that's a very deep and important power, which we'll hopefully be examining. So this poem is A, praise of Shlomo to his mother. I'm going to give you a list of other things that this poem or song, Shir in Hebrew is a poem or a song. Let's say some other things that Eshes Chayel is. It's also a praise of the Torah. The entire Eshes Chayel can be explained as praising the Torah, the wisdom of the Torah. 
That is the explanation of the Vilna Gon, the Gra. The Gra wrote a parish on Mishlei. Maybe Mr. Shav mentioned this sometimes. The Gra is explaining the whole Eshes Chayel, Aleph, Beis, Gimel, every single letter is describing how great is the Torah, and we'll, we'll get to that. It's also a praise of the Shabbos. The entire Eshes Chayel is praising Shabbos. It's also a praise of the neshama of everybody, of our soul. So maybe when you said Eshes Chayel, you thought of it as praising the mother of the house, and it is, but it's a lot of other things, layers, layers. It's also a praise of the of Hashem, of the Shechina. So the entire Eshes Chayel is saying, what do we know about the Shechina of Hashem? The whole Eshes Chayel is like that. Also, you could learn the whole Eshes Chayel as the Hespid that Avram said for Sarah Yemenu. Remember it says, Vayavo Avraham lispod l'sarah v'liv kosa in, in um, Chai Sarah. The entire, so the, the lispod, the hesped for her, according to one of the Midrashim, is Eshes Chayel. So then Shlomo had it in Racha Kodesh, but it was said already. Did you did you know about some of this? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, so now tonight when your family is, or your dorm is singing Eshes Chayel, you will know it's a lot more than it seems to be. Okay, what else is Eshes Chayel? Every single Pasuk is a reference to a different woman in the Tanakh or the Talmud, you know, Mishnah and Gemara. And that one we're going to do, Mirza Shem. So if you want to know how are we going to learn Eshes Chayel, the first time I taught it, I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be overwhelming. I didn't even live in Denver, and I called Mrs. Schwab, and I said, how should I do it? She said, do it in layers. Go through it again and again and again, and that's what I do. So we're going to do five or six layers, and we'll do it once shot, and then again as this, and then again as that, and you'll really get a feel for Aisha's Kyle, but in layers, rather than Pasuk Tess. I mean, Yud means this, blah, 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 blah. Pasuk Yud Aleph means this. That's too overwhelming. So we're going to do it, Mr. Shem, again and again and again. So... Um, and you'll see what the layers will be. So now you might say, oh, I thought when, when let's say a head of household is singing Asia's Chayel on Friday night, I thought he was praising his mother, his wife. I'm so disappointed. Now I see it's about Hashem. I see Hashem. Answer that disappointment. Tell me why that's not a disappointment, but rather an increase in the praise. What do you think, Nan? Saying if you're comparing a lady to like, right. Shlomo yeah, he couldn't think of any other way to praise Hashem besides calling the Shechina and Eishas Chayel. That's incredible. The neshama, the all the loftiest things in this world, Torah, neshama, Hashem. Like what else is Shabbos, which is a day of main olam haba. The way he said it, he didn't say. He said, He said, a woman. So that's, and, and the truth is, think about Shlomo HaMelech. How does he describe the enduring love and powerful relationship between Hashem and Klai Yisrael? Different sefer. Shir HaShirim. It's a song of love between a prince and princess. So he has a high regard for women that you can see. You can see that he has a very strong um respect for his mother and for, I guess, the wives that are proper. Um, and maybe he respects all his wives. I don't know. But he definitely should not follow in the ways of Bas Paro. Um, 
he has a great respect for Anisha Kyle, and that is to me is the highest. I remember this question when a woman who, you know, found this out, she was like, "Oh, I always thought that my husband was praising all my deeds, and now I see that he's just singing a song of praise to Hashem." And I was like, "No, it's opposite. The opposite is true. It's so powerful that that is how Shlomo Hamelch chose to bring down to earth these ultimate concepts." By, by saying, this is like a woman, like an Aisha Schayel. So um, Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Nechemia in the Gemara says that the fact that it's written in Seder Aleph Beis, right? Aisha Schayel, Batachba, Gemalasuto, Darsha, right? You know that it's an Aleph Beis order, or maybe you never noticed. I'm pointing that out to you now. Um, that is just like the Torah is given in 22 letters, right? The entire Torah, there's no more than the 22 letters of the Torah. So the Aisha Schayel is praised in 22 different ways. In other words, Aleph Bays makes it thorough. What else do you know, ladies, that's in an Aleph Bays Seder? Ashrei. When Shlomo HaMelech wants us to give, like, let's praise Hashem and the people are connected to him. He does it in Aleph Bays minus Nun. He doesn't use Nun. What else? Well, there's a bunch of Prakim of Other Prakim of Tehillim. What else that's not in Tehillim? In Birkas Krishma, um, Kel, Kel Baruch, yeah, Gedoldea, yeah. What else is in an olive base order? Something Shabbos morning to evening. What about something sad? Eicha, yeah, Eicha is an olive base order. Double, double olive base. And what, what do you think that that means? That Eicha is an olive base order. The destruction was complete. Or almost complete, like it was thorough from the, the rich to the poor, from the old to the young, the entire base on Mikdash, you know, Aleph base order shows like completeness, like thoroughness. So usually we use it to praise, um, but it could also be to um, show destruction. Anim Zemiros, I don't know if you, if your congregation where you daven says Anim Zemiros, but that's also praising Hashem in Aleph base order. So you get that, you can see Aleph base order is a common, a common order in our Siddur, in our Tanakh. Okay, so what um, we're going to be doing is the layers of meaning. Like we said, we're not going to do everything I mentioned here. And there are even some that I didn't even mention, some others, like the seichel of a person is another one of the meanings. There's many meanings to Eishas Chayel. Um, the sources that we're using are, you know, the Mepharshim on the page and the Malbim, which you might not have in your safer. Don't worry. We're just like the rest of Navi. We're not learning, you know, inside. We're just going to learn the ideas on the Pesukim, but the Malbim is a source. Um, and then the Yakut Shimoni, which is a Yakut of Midrashim. Um, Rav Hirsch, Rav Shamsher Rafal Hirsch has a Siddur. He has an explanation on the Siddur. And in the Siddur, Eishaschayel, so he doesn't have a whole parish on Mishlei, but in his Siddur, he explains Eishaschayel, so we use that as well. And then there's there's a very nice little book I found called Gems from Mishlei. And that I think is based on the Victor Miller's teaching, and that's also what I use. So in layer one, which, um, what time does class end at? 45 or, or 40? 45. Okay. Okay. I thought maybe Friday is different. No. Okay. So, um, okay. So Aisha Schayel, um, layer one is pshat. Let's like translate it. And let's translate it as uh, describing and praising any great woman. As my friend I was talking about, discovered, you know, believed any great woman. It's Friday night. The whole family had a long week. Shabbos is finally here, and a woman does a lot to get her family to where they are, right? A woman does a lot. A woman needs to hear some words of praise. 
Now, before we begin the um, translation, I want to say everybody in the world needs to feel that they are seen and appreciated. Everybody in the world needs to feel like people see them and that somebody in the world appreciates them just for who they are. And so if you want to have good relationships, one thing to make sure to do is to see the people in your life, to lay eyes on them, to look at them when you say hello, to look at them, to ask questions on how they're doing. Everybody needs to feel seen. And a woman who runs a house, even if she is a grown-up adult, she still needs to be seen and appreciated. And so do the children of the house. And so does the husband, the father, everyone does. This is a fact of life is that when someone is feels unseen and unappreciated, they don't have energy to keep doing what they're doing. And I'm sure you can see that too. If you come into the class and nobody sees you, if you come home and nobody sees you. And what I mean by sees you is you feel that someone took note of you, not just physically saw that there's a person in front of them so they don't bump in, they walk around you. But I mean, actually takes note with an appreciation that makes you have energy to live your life. So Anisha Schail needs to be seen and needs to be appreciated for what she is, not just what she does. And before we talk about what she does, I just want to mention, we live in a feeling that I matter if I accomplish a lot. We I don't know if life was always like that or it's only now, but people feel that I have worth if I am a great student. I have worth if I am a good friend. I have worth if I'm a, you know, a, a good daughter. I have worth if I make a lot of noise. I have worth if I'm the fanciest person in the class. I have worth if I am um, you know, really rude and I make the teacher cry. I have worth, whatever the person's worth you know, they think their worth comes from people rely upon their worth almost like, like they need to rely upon two crutches. Like I better keep up my persona, my image of whoever I am or else I, I don't exist anymore. That's a feeling that many people, almost everybody has. It just comes from, it comes from something very deep, which I don't want to explain now because it's too much for right now. But the Asia Schiel and every single other person on earth has a worth just because she exists. Because Hashem made her and she is in this world today. She has worth. And I'm saying this before we start to study all of the great things that the Ashes Chayil does. Because it's very normal to feel I have worth if I do. But it's not true. It's not true. A person is important and needs respect and deserves respect just because Hashem woke them up in the morning. And even if they didn't, their, their memory deserves respect. But right, if, if Hashem put me in the world, I am worth and I'm good enough. And it's very normal for people to rely upon their, their specialty. I'm a great student. I always have something witty to say. I make people laugh. Um, I hurt feelings. That's how I get attention. Whatever the side is, the good, the bad, you know, people rely upon their worth, upon their actions or their personas for their worth. And I want to, to start a conversation about that, that our worth is actually dependent upon our existence and not like, oh, you're so, you behave so well, you deserve a hug. No, no, you don't have to deserve a hug. You are who you are. So we love each other. 
not if you do something good, now you deserve to be appreciated. So this is a trap that almost everybody on earth is falls into just by virtue of being born into the world as we become um, unaware of our unending worth. And we think I need to be this and I need to be that. I need to do this. And I need to do that. The Aishas Chayel and every other person in the house has value just because she is. That's the value of the person. Nothing to do with the song Aishas Chayel. I need to say it before we start learning about her actions because that's the fact of life that is very, very important. It's a life-threatening situation for a person not to realize that they have worth uh, by itself. They, they, people will kill themselves like figuratively to be good enough or bad enough to matter. And that is a, not a good life. That's a lot of problematic, you know, situation, scenario. Okay. So um, now we can get into Aisha's Chayil and start learning about some of the things that she does. Aisha's Chayil, Pasuk Yud. Aisha's Chayil, Mi Yimtza, Verachok, A woman of Chayil who can find and far beyond pearls is her Mecher. Mecher is worth. So, um, Chayil is not an easily translated word. It has a few meanings already, and I'm going to give you the meanings of Chayil. So first of all, um, the simplest or the most commonly understood meaning for Chayil is, like, what's a Chayal? A soldier. Chayil is like warfare. So it means strong. Eishas Chayil means a woman of, right? Eishas means a woman of. Chayil, a woman of strength. So I'll give you a few words that the different Mepharshim say first. Chayil, accomplished, capable, energetic, skilled. These are all different kinds of strength, right? If you think about it, these are all different versions of strong. Competent, competent means like able to do what they need to do. Um, devout, like devoted to Hashem. Um, those are some of the words. In layer six, we're going to learn a gematria with chayil. We'll see another meaning. But for right now, we're doing the simplest meaning. So a woman of chayil, strength, accomplishment, all those things, who can find? Who can find is a rhetorical question, which means, like, when you say who, you mean, what's rhetorical? Like, what? how, how do you use that rhetorically? Hard to find. Hard to, sorry, I, I heard a sort of answer. What did you say? Like you can't. You can't. Meaning like it's hard to find. In other words, an Aisha's Chayel is, is very special. An Aisha's Chayel is precious. And far beyond Pninim is her pearls. So in other layers we'll learn is her worth. Far beyond pearls is her worth. In other layers, Mr. Shem will learn why he references pearls. And perhaps you saw pearls elsewhere in Mishlei. And you maybe you talked about what's different about a pearl than any other gem. Maybe you already know. Yeah. So pearls are, um, are, are a unique kind of stone. They're different than any other stone. You probably know in what way. Um, so maybe we'll talk about it in other layers. Why? I brought in a lot of information. Thank you. Um, about what is unique about a pearl and why Shlomo is comparing and contrasting her to a pearl and saying far beyond pearls is her worth. Her worth, meaning to say you can't replace a person with precious stones or with any other material thing. You cannot replace a person. So um, a woman of, of, of accomplishment, etc., who can find, and far beyond pearls is her worth. Pasek Yud Aleph is the base 
Batach ba levala v'shalal lo yechsar. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and therefore shalal. You know shalal from Chumash, maybe. Usually means what? Booty. Is that what you said? How do you know that word? <laughs> like spoils of war, right? Booty is like, right? so there's no war over here in this layer. So it just means like unexpected wealth. Like shalal is is the is the wealth from from like winning a war. So it just means unexpected wealth. So so or you know to make it simple, just good, <laughs> very simple. We're doing layer one very simply. So he knows he can trust her to run the house. Therefore, he doesn't lack any good. So trust, we're already seeing, is very important. When you trust someone, you don't check up on everything that they do. You don't supervise them and watch over their shoulder how they're doing everything. His heart trusts in her. He feels like, look, my wife is home. I don't have to call and say, did you remember to make supper? Um, why did you spend money on that? I trust her. She's my wife. She's the mother of the house. I trust her. If she decided, she's right. And there's a deep trust because she is trustworthy. And therefore, he doesn't lack any wealth. Pasuk Yud Beis, which is the Gimel. I know it's a little confusing. Shlomo would have started it with Aleph. Aleph would be a little simpler to follow, but Aleph through Tess is his mother's words. So Pasuk Yud Beis is the Gimel of the poem. Gimalas who Tov Velo Ra. He, she pays him. Gomel is like, pay is not the right meaning for Gomel, but it's the simplest. Gomel is when something comes to fruition, like a, a na'ar that's no more nursing, weaned, that's by Gomel, like completely filled. So, and gemilos chasadim, right? Right? So like you, you just, there's a circle of giving. That's what Gomel, I give and receive. So Gomel means to pay, but it's that's a, an oversimplified word. She pays him tov vilora. Um, we'll stop there. She pays him good enough bad. We'll stop right there, and Mitz um, Hashem will continue at our next class in the middle of this pasuk. Okay, have a great job, girls. Enjoy Eshes tonight. Thank you. Thank you.